0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my review and sort of flyover of the Lumina quest. If you want to know the steps, I will have the steps in this talk. Also giving sort of a review of the weapon as well as the quest steps and what I thought of it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. If I'm not live, I might be at Guardian Con and out of town, but you can always follow the Twitch channel if you're on YouTube. Hit and like and subscribe. Also helps me as well. So, the first thing I'm going to do, primarily like the bulk of this video, is I'm just going to walk through the steps. I'm going to walk through the steps and kind of give you my my thoughts on the steps themselves. I think there's some confusion about the, the gambit step. I'm going to try and give you some clarity on that, and then. We're also going to then give some thoughts about the Lumina itself and where it lands in the game and how it feels. I like the gun. Uh, I think it's fun, but we're, we're, we're not sure about how it's going to play in PvP and other things. We tried some stuff with Menagerie today, and it seemed okay, but it seems like you've really got to commit to shooting your teammates. So, step number one for the Lumina quest, you need to go back to the EDZ, go to Trosslands, Lands, you go through the Salt Mines, and you kind of go through the Double Doors and then you interact with a teleporter, and you have to go up to that top secret area, this is where you did the thorn. So if you're familiar with that, that's step number one, okay? Now, step number two, after you get the letter from Shin, you'll need to use your calibration device to find a chest in a lost sector, read the quest text, and find the lost sector in question. So I think that's the one that can be random, it's not always the same, so you need to read that, and apparently I think people were saying it changes like every, every hour or something. So some people were struggling to find them, but read it. You might have to go online to find out like, oh, what does this text mean? Go to Google, type it in. Somebody will have a guide somewhere that'll tell you where to go, and it rotates every hour, uh, the third step, bearers of the evil past, you need to generate 250 orbs of light, uh, now some people are saying, oh, that's a grind, this is a grind, this is gonna take a while, not really, cause it's t- as far as I could tell, it was team based so, just take your team to escalation protocol or blind well or something, and just generate a junk ton of orbs, well of radiance and, you know, an orpheus rake's tether it was done in very short order, it did not take us very long at all to generate the, uh, the orbs Uh, Now, the next step is where you get three different things that need to be done. You get band together, face the hordes, and defend the light. This is when I think people are going to get a little bit tripped up and get a little bit confused or frustrated, and let me tell you, there's some secrets and ways to get this part of the quest done a little bit faster. Band together is a 50,000 point nightfall. That's not hard at all, especially right now. If you're you're 740 or 750, you can put on like a 190 point, you know, handicap and no modifiers and you'll get 100 points 100,000 easy 50,000 is kind of a joke um face the hordes complete 35 points worth of blindwell, black armory forges or escalation protocol there was a lot of debate yesterday about what was the fastest we were getting a lot of different numbers we were doing the go fan and forge on earth no i'm sorry valunder is the first one i think we were doing the forge on earth on edz and we found it to be very, very fast. The northernmost one is Volunder. That's right. We just did, I'm sorry. We just did Volunder and we were getting like, I think four points every time. And Volunder is really fast if you're blitzing it. Um, while we were actually working on that, I was working on defend the light, which is 100 enemies without reloading. So what we did was we were doing Volunder and I was using the, the, uh, the trace rifle Prometheus lens because that thing keeps reloading itself and I got that in short order just continue to just blow people away with it and you just hear it constantly reloading itself those reloads don't count so going to Volunder and using the that trace rifle helped immensely kind of double dip Fire team Leader is the one where you have to complete four mini-quests to restore your rows, and then it's time to group up. So you've already done all the four mini-quests, and now it's time to group up, and you have to complete um, activities and get kills with the rows. Now, this one, we got a ton of—you uh, get more progress if everybody's using the rows. Six of us with rows went into the Menagerie, and we got 35% for one normal Menagerie completion, everybody using the rows. So if a bunch of you have the rows, jump into Menagerie, get it done in three runs. It's pretty fast. So— so that's the one where you're going to want to band together and have a bunch of people that use the rose maybe use lfg send messages to people in menagerie say hey if you have the rose throw it on it makes this part go faster there you go now strength in numbers is the one where i think people are getting a little bit confused you need to kill enemy guardians with hand cannons as a team generate 50 orbs of light for your allies and kill invaders before they kill your allies Killing invaders before you kill your allies, you actually need to get the medal that is called Not On My Watch. Not On My Watch in Gambit means you kill the invader within 10 seconds and they don't get a kill. A lot of people are going and camping the invader spawns with supers like Blade Barrage, just so as soon as the person comes in they can wipe them out. Some people are getting into good positions with the truth, and then using that to wipe them out. Uh, I recommend it if you're going to play this and you're having a hard time, if camping the spawns isn't working, if, that, you know, if that's not working, go in with the full team, so you and your buddies can take turns, because it's not it's not shared. You only need to get this medal one time. And invade and do an emote right away. Like, go in, invade, get out in the open, and do an emote see if the other team will do it. A bit of a gentleman ceasefire. There's a lot of ways to get this done. You only need to get the medal one time. So... And I think people were saying you need to have a hand cannon equipped. I think people are getting confused. You don't have to have a hand cannon equipped. I had multiple people tell me this morning they did not have a hand cannon equipped. They just killed the person as soon as they invaded and they got credit for it. I think some people are getting the kill after 10 seconds and they're not getting the medal. not on my watch. You need to see not on my watch appear. Getting guardian kills with a hand cannon doesn't take any time. I was getting a little salty because a lot of people don't like getting in gunfights right now in the Crucible, so it can kind of feel frustrating where nobody's really wanting to engage in a gunfight. They tend to run away and use Lord of Wolves and Shoulder Charge, so I, I was kind of resonating with some of the higher skill players, not because I'm a higher skill player, but I know higher skill players like to use their gun skill, and gun skill doesn't get a lot of leverage right now in the Crucible because there's a lot of things preventing you from getting in gunfights and you know, creating orbs for your, your team isn't difficult. The final step is very easy. You go into the Will of a Thousand Strike on Mars. Equip your Rose and go through the strike. Um, And while you're doing that, there are crystals along the way. You only have to destroy 11 crystals. Just destroy as many as you want. Every time you destroy a crystal in the will of the thousands strike right now, you get the the harmony buff, which is pretty cool. Uh, this is another reason why I'd, I'd love to see them do this sort of things with strikes, like the snowballs are really neat. Just throw swords, Siva charges, crystals that give you harmony, stuff like that. It adds another layer, I think, to the strikes. So overall... The quest for people with the group is going to be really fast. If six of you can go into the Menagerie with the Rose, if you can go into Gambit and have four people, because a lot of people are probably getting tilted by teammates stealing the kill. If the other team is being nice and they're doing the ceasefire on the invade, they come over and they emote. If your teammates are stealing that kill, it might be a little frustrating. So obviously people are going to get done quicker when they have a team, and you might take a little bit slower on this when, you know, when you're solo. So what do we think of the weapon? Okay. What do we think of how the weapon feels? First and foremost, you can go back to collections and pull the Rose out if you like it. You don't have to only use the Lumina. The the, the Rose has a range masterwork, outlaw accurized rounds, and polymer grip, which gives you the increased handling speed. It's actually a really nice weapon. It's a nice 150. If you want to take a nice 150 into the Crucible because maybe you just enjoy the way that it feels, but you don't want to use an exotic, you can use that instead of the Lumina. The Lumina uh, gives you Blessing of the Sky if you get hit by a noble round or you put noble round on somebody blessing of sky is 10 seconds it's a 35 percent damage buff and it gives them a pretty decent amount of heal chunk when they get hit by the round you can stack up to five they never go away so every time you get a kill you can run and pick up the remnants the remnants give you a noble round five noble rounds they stay in the gun even if it's holstered even if it you know you put it away and come back it also reloads a portion of the mag so basically what you're doing is is you're playing very very forward thinking you're pushing forward you're getting kills you're running through the remnants and then your you know your guns automatically reloading and then you can shoot your teammates unfortunately the the blessing of sky doesn't stack on certain things. Like 35% buff on somebody, then they're using the Wendigo. We've been told that it doesn't actually stack on top of the Wendigo's explosive light buff cuz that's a nice perk, right? You got 6 rounds ready to go with explosive light in the Wendigo, and then on top of that you could have the blessing of sky. Apparently that doesn't stack. Apparently it doesn't stack on a handful of things. That's disappointing, but I kind of understand why they maybe had to keep this gun in check. They didn't want it to land in the game and completely break things. We were already coming up with strategies of like, oh, everybody's stand in Well of Radiance and have one guy with Lumina shoot all five players and get insane damage buffs on bosses. Unfortunately, you're not able to do that, so it does limit some of the, the utility and execution that a lot of us were planning. I think the gun feels good. It sounds good. It looks good. I don't have the ornaments. You can buy a really nice ornament for it in the Eververse. I find it to be an enjoyable gun. People are already saying they're enjoying using it in the Crucible. Obviously, console users might land a little bit differently on that because hand cannons have rough recoil and bloom on you know, on Crucible. Shoot the guy with Nighthawk. Yeah, I don't know if shooting a guy with Nighthawk works either because I think some things just aren't accepting the buff. So... Overall, I like it. I especially like the fact that right now, because how strong legendary grenade launchers are, you can actually run an exotic, not in the heavy slot. So this thing might actually get some use. Six people in the menagerie or six people in a raid using it might be pretty nice, especially because in the raid, there's times where you can't shoot the enemy and your teammate could shoot you, heal you, give you that buff, kind of keep you in the fight while you're know while you hiding from a wizard or an ogre that you can't shoot. So... Cool gun, cool idea. The idea of playing support, I was enjoying it in repost the you know, the swords menagerie thing when my teammate went running off with a sword to hit the ogre. I shot him with a noble round as he was getting hurt and had a little exclamation point on his head. and I could just kind of keep doing that and buffing him. So you could definitely do some fun tank, kind of tank support like, I'm going to turn you into a tank, buddy. I'm just going to keep shooting you with these noble rounds. There's definitely some cool things that could come from it. I like the quest. I like the gun. Let's do more of this. Let's do more roll or or support or identity changing exotics like this is pretty neat so if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can probably catch me live right now twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a QA and a session that followed my review of the Lumina Quest as well as just kind of a review of the weapon. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage if I'm not live. You can click the follow button on the Twitch channel or hit and like and subscribe on YouTube. Helps me out as well. We're going to try and go kind of fast. We got into a big uh, movie discussion before this Q&A and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time in the day. So, I'm going to try and go through the questions rather quickly. Vlef, while I think the quest for Lumina was fine, do you think the weapon overall is kind of underwhelming considering the buff doesn't stack with well? kind of removes it as an endgame caliber weapon that could have competed with the likes of Mountaintop for viability. It always depends what they want the gun to do, though. I feel like the intention of the gun is to not be an endgame DPS buffing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's it feels like it's supposed to be more of like a versatile support weapon and not a buff your team so they can melt a boss weapon. Does that make sense? I feel like those two identities are very different. A support weapon doesn't necessarily need to be a weapon that turns five people into boss melting machines. So if you take the weapon into the menagerie, if you take the weapon into a raid or you take the weapon into PVP, it's like a more... I don't want to say generic, but it's like their first attempt at a support weapon, support, a support weapon isn't necessarily the same as a DPS weapon, if that makes sense. Um, cause you know, somebody in chat saying it's got a good neutral game, you know? Yeah. There's a lot about it that I think that I think functions well as just a support weapon. So the identity of weapon has to be sort of considered first. What are they setting out to do with it? Waffles. What is the best way to generate 250 orbs the fastest? Go into Blind Well or Escalation Protocol or somewhere with your friends and just chain supers. It doesn't take that long. If you're near people that are generating orbs, it counts too. So get your Masterwork primaries out, you know, Well of Radiance and Orpheus Riggs Tether, and just make a bunch of orbs, and it doesn't take long at all. Romanians are. So for those of us that don't have a fire team or and many friends online what would be your guide for completing the lumina quest when you get to certain stages just either try to use lfg or send messages to people be like hey if you've got the rose can you equip it we're running menagerie right now we'll get more percentage a lot of people will be like oh yeah sure i've got it let me throw it on because maybe they've already done it but if they're matchmaking in menagerie they might not care they might throw a rose on just send some messages you know that sort of a thing it honestly doesn't necessarily need to go as fast for a solo player as a player with teammates. That's kind of how quests tend to go. They're they're longer and they they're slower when you're by yourself, and I think that's okay. And you know there are things you can do to help speed it up and mitigate that. Bell Winters with the next question. Sup Lono? Are you satisfied with the current exotic quest format? Go here, kill a thing. Etc. Do you think more diverse ideology for quests is needed? I don't think quests need to go much further than the way that this one went. Go into certain activities, do a certain thing in that activity. I think that's totally fine. Amish Milkman. As cool as Illumina is with it to have a true exotic perk, it still feels that it would never trump any other exotic in a different slot. Why do you think Bungie keeps making kinetic exotics that feel empty in comparison? The only thing I think they're trying to do is pull people away from having exotics all in the heavy slot. So they buffed swords and they buffed grenade launchers and then they gave you a weapon that can buff people and make them kind of tanky and you hit somebody with that shot when they're using a sword, it's not a bad pairing. I really do feel like they're just trying to pull people away from always having an exotic in the heavy slot. From some of the buffs they've made to legendary heavies to the, you know, some of these weapons getting rolled out. I don't know if that's their intention, but that kind of feels like what they're trying to do. Scrub Machine Gun. I like seeing Guardians taking on RPG roles such as Healer with the Lumina. Do you think this has a place in Destiny? If so, what are some other class types you could see? Well, obviously we need September to land, because right now I don't think there's a ton of content that needs a, a Healer, a DPS, and a tank. Those are usually your three basics, right? Your tank, he can take a bunch of damage. Your DPSer can do a bunch of damage, and then your healer helps mitigate damage from the enemy. So But I don't right now I don't really go into any content. I'm like, oh my gosh, we uh, we really need a healer or a tanker or a DPSer in here. So they're gonna need to come up with either different ways of implementing challenging content or create different hierarchies of enemies so that you feel that you need more dynamic builds as a team. Here's the main issue that that's going to grate against. And I don't know if Bungie's going to want to go too far down this rabbit hole, okay? Because I saw people tweeting, they're like, Oh, it's so good to see a support weapon in a healer role. You know, I'm really looking forward to the the future of Destiny and them doing more of this. Uh, But are they going to be able to? So much of the game is built around matchmaking and people that just want to boot up and have fun they're gonna have to be careful if it's only in the aspirational content where you feel that need it'll be okay but if the entire game starts to feel like oh i need to optimize my build with random teammates then that's when it can get problematic you don't want like daily strikes even nightfalls could use some matchmaking or gambit or other things like that or menagerie you don't want to start to feel like well i better have my role coinciding with other people's roles, you know what I'm saying? So this is where we need difficulty spectrum difficulty spectrum would give ground and context for this presently that doesn't exist in the game because if you sho- if you try to shove this into the entire game, I think you're going to grade against part of the the identity and part of the appeal of Destiny is that anybody can pick it up and have a good time, so that you would need difficulty spectrum and aspirational content to motivate this kind of healer, DPS, tank Roll and go d- all the way down to like into the into into the micro levels of attunement tweaking, digging down on attunements. I said yesterday, you know, what if there were three versions of Way of a Thousand Cuts? There was a DPS version, a tank version, and a healer version. And if you did that with every attunement, you could you could start to kind of like have people coming up with their own strategies. But you need content to promote that. Presently, there's no content that really pushes you into that mindset. Uh, Cord Page. What's the best hunter build for PvE? Orpheus Riggs Tether is just really universally helpful to almost every team that you're ever on. Um, if you really like running, you know, Arc Strider, Raiden Flux is really strong for, you know, mini boss and, and boss damage. And then Way of a Thousand Cuts with Ophidia Spathe is really good if you get a hands-on helmet, because you can be getting tons of melee kills and tons of knife tricks, especially if Brawler's on, and you're like freaking Genji, and you're just throwing knife trick and really feeding your super. That's actually in some ways stronger and more efficient than running Shards of Galanor. Shards of Galanor needs some help. You can also run the Nighthawk build, which is great for DPS. Those are a handful of really strong PvE builds you can go with. I always forget about Nighthawk, so thank you for the reminder. Melodic Gamer. Uh, on the topic of Titans being undervalued in PvE, would you be able to make the Sunspot Hammers cause a debuff to the target in the Sunspot? Or maybe an exotic for the Titan that makes this possible? Won't be able to stick around. Looking forward to seeing this on the podcast. Yeah, I, I don't have the answers for Titan. I don't have the answers for Titan. What you need to do is look at each of his attunements or at least each of his subclasses, right? Solar Arc and Void and give him something that's equal to some of the ones I just rattled off he needs to have something that's equal to a rigs tether what's he gonna do that's gonna be equal to a rigs tether hunter or a Luna faction well warlock he's gotta start matching the pve end game builds of the other classes or he's gonna continue to be a joke because he kind of is right now and I hate to say that because titans were kings in d1 they were kings but they're just not kings right now. They're aggressive and strong in PvP because of their forward momentum and shoulder charge and, you know, double pulse nades is nice too. But man, oh man, they just don't have anything that matches the other strong PvE builds right now. And some of it does relate to exotics. Riggs Tether. That's an Orpheus Riggs. That, 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 that's, an, that's an exotic. Luna Faction Well. That's an exotic, right? There's, there's exotics that are playing a part in this equation that needs to be considered as well. Uh, camper. Is is it really hard or lengthy to get the Lumina quest? No, I don't think so. Exo gamer, what would you think if they added Twilight Garrison back? I, yeah, I don't know. Titans are already really, really frustrating to, to play against in Crucible. Giving them Garrison for that forward momentum, woo, that might make things worse. I don't know. Nosebomb says, do you believe the Lumina will be tuned down because of the combos of debuffs and buffs allowing damage stacking? No, there's not a lot of damage stacking you can even do right now. Uh, these two combining so high health, so high that health pools don't matter. No, it's not a problem right now. It isn't. It might be with like a swarm and a tractor cannon, but maybe only during void burn. And I don't know if you need to legislate to that specific team build You know swarm tractor cannon void burn and you know somebody's buffing their team with lumina raptor jesus i really like the idea of adding more support abilities like you have with the lumina would you rather see abilities continue in weapons or have these abilities exist in subclass skill trees i'm gonna say both because i think both both could could use some help especially for titans as we already said ashen hollow concept wise lumina looks cool but i like the budding oh and i like the budding uh but can you give me a scenario where i'd want to use this gun over say outbreak or outbreak or any other primary exotic um it's time to kill against trash ads seems a little bit more agile and efficient than the outbreak outbreak is only good if everyone's using it so this is a bit of a standalone right you can use Lumina and help anybody. It, it, it gets to do something cool kind of no matter what. Outbreak only really starts to shine if everybody's using Outbreak. So, I think it's a standalone support weapon. When you would use it, I think people need to remember you don't always need to run the absolute best build unless you're speedrunning. So I believe now that they've given us this was the problem before you really couldn't equip legendary heavies they just weren't strong enough now that we can equip spike-nade, aggressive grenade launchers or the wendigo that frees you up to have a little bit more freedom in your build before when you couldn't do that there just wasn't any strong legendary heavies it was really difficult to justify not using whisper 1k voices or sleeper we're in a different scenario now and i think that's good Bryce 3000 why do you think the Lumina catalyst perk oh what do I think it'll be maybe something like you can heal yourself but it takes two shots instead of one yeah it'd be cool if you could heal yourself by like shooting the ground or something or just consuming it like how you hold down to reload on some of the weapons to proc their thing you could hold down to reload and consume the round and heal yourself heavy lifted that might be problematic in PvP though heavy lifted Lono, while I do enjoy the Lumina hand cannon, I feel like there is an overabundance of legendary hand cannons. Do you feel this trend will continue into Shadow Keep? Yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily have an answer to this problem. Hand cannons are awesome. They're efficient and strong and fun. And I would say Um I don't know. I would I would say it's not a big concern, but maybe they could just start adding other archetypes. And make them cool, because hand cannons are awesome. We know they're awesome, and when they keep adding more awesome hand cannons, they're just kind of leaning into what's already great. But, I mean, Breakneck was Breakneck is pretty good. Breakneck is pretty strong. It's just, it's you know it's an auto rifle that you know you can actually use in PVE and feel good with. Um, so we will have to wait and see. I just I love hand cannons so much. My bias is kind of like oh well. <laughs> oh well they feel good they sound good they look cool you know it's it's unfortunate that you know auto rifles and scout rifles and you know the other the other primaries just don't get as much footing you know pulse rifles are probably second in line but at the same time you know a lot of people like running recluse you know so that's a strong SMG so you don't necessarily have to run hand cannons Sky Wainer, Wanner, something like that. When do you believe Cross will be implemented? Uh, if they wait too long, do you think it could have consequences of waiting too long? I would think they'll launch Cross a week or two before Shadowkeep. The one and only. With Bungie openly stating they want to embrace the MMO term, and with the new support weapon, can you see these types of role weapons being introduced in the game? Already answered this. They've got to have content where it shines as well, not just the weapons and the, the subclass changes. We need a place to go where we're that strong. Waffles what are your thoughts on the current boss dps meta do you think they should nerf grenade launchers i don't want anything nerfed i would prefer giving us more legendary heavy options and i also think you need to consider that um, a lot of times the way they mitigate that is with mechanics and relics and things like that and i would see that being a better way to create normal and hard versions of raids because that's kind of how they did it in king's fallen wrath dps boss bake phases are probably always going to be around but you could mitigate some of it with mechanics and require the team to do certain things so it's not always stand in a well and just dump your heavy into the boss but i think there's a time and a place for that it's satisfying and fun we don't need to nerf stuff just because it's good at it's good at doing it you know doing its job Bumble 17, with New Light bringing in what will presumably be more casual player-based, does Bungie need to be a bit more careful with quests that require steps to be completed as teams, doing Nightfalls, etc.? Yeah, I didn't even consider Nightfalls. I, they just need to add matchmaking to Nightfalls. I mean, I just, just do it. And just, oh, what about the modifier card? Whatever the modifiers are for strikes, that's your modifiers for Nightfall if you do matchmaking. But I don't necessarily need... To they don't need to, they don't need to casualify the game, but they do need to make sure you have inroads in the quests to get them done. Matchmaking on the on stuff like that just should be, you know. So to be fair, Nightfall and Strike count are the same for Lumina. No, because you need a 50k Nightfall run. That's not true. Lefty 5900. Any recommendations on raising my light? I have two characters at 690. I don't know what to do to get them up effectively. Play the game. Do milestones. Dark Wolf Puppy. There are some in the community that have had the reaction of disregarding the Lumina's support utility simply because the damage buff doesn't stack with other things in PvE. In your opinion, do you think people are right, or if Lumina is a viable endgame weapon? It just isn't necessary to run that level of an optimized build, but that's part of the problem, right? is you're like well it adds a buff and if i'm gonna get buffs that's where people's mind go well i'm gonna try and do as much damage as possible and then when you can't it's disappointing and so i understand people being like oh i don't want to use this especially considering you got to put away your mountaintop and the absolute like optimum dps build right now is a mountaintop with a with a swarm with spike nades and somebody using tractor cannon or mountaintop with a wendigo and I understand people being like well that's not an optimum DPS build but it's still fun and it still adds a layer of support and strategy that you didn't previously had it just isn't for optimum DPS which again I think is okay given the identity of the weapon isn't necessarily supposed to be like a DPS influencer so I would say it's fine we don't want to have every weapon in the game basically saying yeah but does it make it stronger for boss melting we're already at optimum builds for boss melting hey shiz how do you feel about lumina being a kinetic i was praying for a solid exotic energy i didn't really care about that um thank you trillist for five months of sub i missed the trills uh resub and the nixnay protocol with 500 bits thank you very much diamond J. Should they increase the exotic drop rate in heroic public events to incentivize doing them? Um, they should probably just have them dropping a lot if they're year one. Outside of that, you shouldn't be farming really easy content for exotics that are new, but I could understand them being like, oh, all the year one exotics drop a lot now in low-level content. <clears throat> 21 months from mop top killer. Thank you. I thought it was free. Do you think exotic quests are losing steam because the community knows it won't be that good because of the nerf police? No, I don't think that's part of the dialogue at all. JTBG, do you think new players would get discouraged from playing after the power level being 750? Now, I'm not drawing, like, a connection here. Um, why would they be discouraged from playing after the power level being 750? If they're going to be, like, discouraged from playing once they hit power level, I mean, that just goes hand-in-hand hand with the fact that, like, you got to kind of own your own experience. As the guy from Nintendo when I was doing interviews at E3 I loved his saying chew a little get a little if if you're not gonna grind for god rolls if you're not gonna grind for weapons then that you, chew a little get a little like right if that's, what, if that's what this question's intimating then what you put in is what you get out in games like this if you're only gonna put in till you get down you know if you're only gonna put in to get max level and then kind of feel like you're done That's a weird perspective to have, to be fair. In a Loot Pursuit game. JD Gamer, do you think we need to see Bungie change the way Crucible is when it comes to game modes? They put all the weekly game modes and just keep them there on the Crucible screen like the way Rumble is. I mean, they don't want to have too many game modes because they don't want to dilute player base because when you dilute player base, matchmaking takes longer and connections suffer. So it's always a challenge, I think, when you have lots of game modes and people would prefer to have all the game modes available all the time i just think that's a challenge mac tandy what are the types of support gameplay do you see being introduced by bungie to embrace more mmo i mean i don't know i i don't really think too deep on this stuff because healing is one thing and then support we already have a lot of support in the game i would think maybe tank builds would be the next place to go how can i make myself really really difficult to kill and what's the trade-off because you don't want to ruin crucible honor When Destiny 2 becomes free to play in September, do you think Eververse will become a bigger part of the game? If so, uh, what are some of the new exotic items do you think would be interested in purchasing? I don't know if there's going to be new items, but I think the transmog system is going to probably drive more people to consider buying really dope pieces of armor because you always have that piece of armor as an ornament no matter what the frick you're wearing, and I think that's a really good value. So I think they probably will lean more into that, yes. Waits for none. Do you think using loadouts as a starting point... Could help Bungie create new mechanics for aspirational content. Well, I mean, you've got to have a lot to get there. There needs to be a lot more with respect to loadouts like set bonuses from armor, specific roles that I'm embracing, attunement changes and retunings, different exotics, things like that before they could lean into that. There's a lot of pieces that goes into this puzzle that you're outlining, and then that would create new potential, like, oh, we can add more pain and mechanics and aspirational content, because, like, look what they can do with their loadouts. There's a lot of pieces that go into that, though. I don't know if you're going to see that in September. Dawn68, do you think with the introduction of more support like Lumina the game is leaning towards defined classes we've asked this question a lot already today M. hoppies, is Lumina worth getting in your opinion I think it's fun yes evil the waffler we leveled up the rose in the quest what are your thoughts on all future legendary weapons being leveled up like this I don't like the idea of getting a weapon and then having to use it just to try out the perks so no I don't like that idea I heard a rumor that we're going to get a solar week coming soon. Have you heard this and what are your thoughts? They better make sure that it's not sold as like a really, really big event and something pretty minor when they're going to maybe tweak some solar classes. Because the last time it was put on the schedule and it looked like it was going to be an actual event and it wasn't. Aiden Brum with four months. Welcome back. Clean Slate. Uh, you may have already covered this, but any recommendations to ensure that you get the invader kill as part of the Lumina Quest? S- basically, get your get a shutdown super or like a truth or a 1K voices and just camp the spawns of the invaders. So just try to get a blade barrage or a truth or a 1K voices right on the person as soon as they invade. Another thing you can do is you can try to promote invader ceasefires, where invade first and then get in the open and emote just to kind of tell the other team like, hey, we're trying to be nice about this. I think that's going to run out though. I think in about a week or two, people won't respond well to that. Right now, when you invade an emote, I think other people are being be like, oh, we can have a gentleman's agreement. We can do a ceasefire to help people get this, this medal." I think a lot of people are getting it fairly quickly though, just by camping the invader spawns. The worst part probably is when you're on a whole team that's doing that and then your teammates steal the kill. So, St. Johnny just got back into sc2 from being a year one player i'm currently 300 light what should i be doing to level up do the quest from Werner. it's a it'll get you to 690 i'm loco with solar week on the horizon discovered it via data mine slated for September uh, for summer in the late summer of 2019 even though there's no news on the upcoming changes what would some changes you would like to see for the subclasses i don't have any input here but i would start by making hammers way better than they are for the titan um ig4 ready I play Destiny 2 all the time, but do you feel Destiny 1 was just all around better and more fun to play? No. I think Destiny 2 has come a super, super long way. Really, really long way. The game, the grind, the substance, the menagerie, we've come a really, really long way. I think we've just now matched how good the game felt during Age of Triumph and age of triumph was a bit of cheating because it was four raids four years all repurposed it's not exactly fair but d2 is in a really good place now and if you look at the menagerie the weekly stuff with werner all the bounties all the milestones the all the raids you know, all the weapon pools from the, the black armory forges to the menagerie to the nightfall specific stuff if they could get reckoning to be better with respect to like intentionality of grind D2's in a really good spot I think people look back on D1 and forget how barren that game really was and in the late stages we're just like, it was so great when really you were running four recycled raids and that's not exactly as good as where we are right now, I don't think raid loot was definitely better back then but most people don't play raid so i think most of the player base is probably in a much better mood now with d2 than they were with d1 um at that point like quantitatively speaking more people are happy i think uh uncle garfs new perks new perks new perks what are the chances of complete overhaul of perks in september We do need more perks on guns. We also need new perks on guns. That's gonna be one of the only ways to really motivate grind and chase of new guns. And then armor is going to go through an overhaul as well. Intellect, discipline, and strength is coming back. We're just going to have to wait to see how they implement that. But yes, we do need more in general. Salty butter. With RPG element getting deeper, how do you see players uh, who struggle to level up one character per season be able to touch their other characters? I miss playing my Hunter Titan. It seems to me like they're just continuing to make leveling up easier with surge bounties, with new light starting people out at 750. I don't think they're going to make leveling this giant hurdle of entry anymore especially right now leveling's not that bad at all infusion cost is still frustrating because of enhancement cores but leveling ups pretty intentional and pretty nice especially with the menagerie and ADA they really help you target the right the right pieces of gear because I think a lot of the times that was the that was one of the biggest dilemmas um, was that you just didn't have any intentionality in leveling and they're kind of bringing that big mad mo do you think we going back to vanilla hammers would help titans in the end game maybe hammers feel really really weak you just got to be careful because hammers basically would i don't know they need help in pve and a little bit of help in pvp they do fine in pvp but you know you don't want to help them too much in pvp um uncle garfs is d1 or d2 more buyer new buyer friendly easier to get into quickly well when we get to september d2 is going to be super accessible d2 right now is way more accessible than d1 ever was because you can jump into season of opulence hit 690 and jump right into content and grind like that, that wasn't really a thing in d1 i mean you had the spark of light but it wasn't quite the same I'm Loco. With the introduction of the Lumina to the game, would it be logical or likely that we would see more class-specific weapons dedicated for their roles? Example of a D1 Titan shotgun that had bonus benefits for being in a bubble. Yeah, again, I'm just going to say maybe. Having role-specific weapons or role-specific attunements, you you need content for that to work. I need the content to make me feel like I need to do that. Circuit Junkie. Do you think that Bungie could revamp Souls of Heroes to mimic Age of Triumph and revamp the old raids with new gear? Uh, That'd be awesome. I would certainly think that that'd be fun. I'm not a big fan of Leviathan, but at the very least it'd be cool to see different roles on those guns. Um... Did I do that? I did. Uh, Chance. Do you agree that Strike, Loot, uh... Back, look... Wait, do you agree that the Strike, Loot instead of Look should go back to D1 style instead of being only in Nightfall's? Um, I think Zavala needs intentional weapon bounties the way that Ada has and you should have to run strikes to get them and just stay in the playlist and you keep getting the bounty back the way that you do the chalice so you're just in the strike playlist because it's a playlist that strike specific loot in a playlist doesn't make sense so you just stay in the playlist and after so many strikes or achieving so many things during strikes it spits out the weapon that you're wanting and and then it kind of like lets you do it again the way you do the chalice. They should do that with Zavala. They should do that with Shaxx and Crucible. They should do that with Gambit and and Reckoning as well. Troll Annie. Do you think the reason the raids have gotten less interesting loot is because Bungie has numbers of support? It's not worth the effort since so few people run them. Perhaps a little tin foil. It doesn't make sense to me to allot bandwidth to an entire team and developing an entire raids and encounters and promoting them and day one raid races. Everything they're doing says the, says the opposite of what you're saying. They're doing more with raids than they ever did in the past. Way more. But the loot's not that great. That's why I'm like, what the frick? Like... You got entire teams dedicated to making them. They're central marketing pieces for new content. You have big huge promoted raid races and big giant world's first, you know, wrestling belts that you're giving people. I don't think that raids are like, oh, it's just not worth the effort. I don't know. I just think they're scared to put better gear in there. Cause people will complain. Offhand pillow with twenty-one months, welcome back. At a at a ground level, I I think that's what it comes down to is people are like you better not put the best gear in the raid and they're like scared to do it I just think they need to do it aspirational content should have aspirational loot whether it's heroic menagerie or the raids right raiding feels really really dissonant right now super dissonant they're like new raid center of the marketing watch the raid day one we're gonna celebrate and put the name in li- put their name in lights. Whoever gets worlds first, and then you go in there and you're like, that's all amazing and awesome, and you put in so much time and work into this, but the loot sucks. So what the frick are we doing? It just is very dissonant. Uh, Loco says, with the buffs that came to the bottom tree hammers in the past, their viability was increased dramatically for the Solar Titan, but it felt solo player oriented as sunspots didn't buff others. Do you think a change that allowed the benefits of sunspots to affect allies would foster a support role for bottom tree sunbreakers? Again I don't know. I don't really get deep into the throes of tweaking individual subclasses and individual abilities and powers. I just every time these types of questions come up I say the same thing look at the really really strong builds for a solar subclass on a warlock or a void subclass on a hunter and we need that to be we need an equal representation and equal power for the titan with whether it's exotic specifically or attunements whatever you want to do they need to be on the same level and the, presently they're not and that's what that's just my go-to answer for these attunement subclass questions so we're going to switch now and run some, I think, some raids as a community. If you're listening to this Q&A elsewhere, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If you're watching live right now, you can click the follow button if you've enjoyed this content, if you like what I'm doing. That way you don't miss out on future streams. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.